0: All right, guys, welcome to episode 19 of the Liberish podcast. I am here today with the lovely Carly, Ryan, Marcus, and shout out to producer Yao in the background. You guys can't see him. And uh, sidebar, I do think that our pre-production meeting should just be a a whole separate podcast. (laughs) Our conversations on Chris Harrison and on, uh, what's his name, Kevin Samuel,
1: i don't know low-key everything he really does be spitting
0: no. <laughs>
1: low-key like, i gotta hate to admit it but he does say something but it's like you know no, what no. he's not
0: entirely wrong
2: not at all my brother <laughs> i'll no, just tune in
0: i'll just tune in to see like how does he like insult people today you know <laughs> like that's always fun what does he what is he gonna say today and get away with it so Somebody, I
3: feel to like so, Yeah,
1: somebody's
0: gonna get him out of here soon. So, we'll uh, see. yeah, yeah, his his time is loaded. Yeah, but... if, he, if he keeps blowing up,
1: yeah, that's, that's yeah.
0: usually how this goes. You yeah. blow up, and yeah. then someone's like, "Oh, you were doing so and so back in back in the day." Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: All right. So I want to thank our first time listeners and our returning listeners. And I don't know if you guys checked out the YouTube views, but shout out to Yang Gang. They definitely showed up. Uh, watched the podcast. They know how to take a joke because I did see one of the comments that the um, the place that uh, Andrew Yang was at did have a cat, so it did hit oh. a pretty strict <laughs> requirements. <laughs> so shout out to Yang Gang and um, hopefully they're they're back listening again to the podcast. <laughs> um, all right, so if you're a new listener, it's uh, so basically we are the Podcast. We are the political wing of the What You Expect Network. We talk about politics with a uh, black point of view. So this kitchen table politics, basically. We're not experts or anything like that. Uh, What we're gonna talk about today is we are going to pass the main mic over to our Trump impeachment correspondent, Marcus. He's gonna go over Trump's unconstitutional trial. Uh, Then we're gonna go over it through headlines.
1: That was a joke, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You guys didn't catch it.
0: (laughs) We're gonna go through headlines. And then uh, World News. And if we have time today, uh, talk about the teachers going back to school, especially in Chicago. Uh, so with that said, again, I'm going to pass the main mic over to our main Trump correspondent, Marcus, here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I remember I think right after the election, I was like, oh, I'm not going to have to talk about Donald Trump anymore on this podcast. And then for LOL. the next two, three months now, he's pretty much dominated almost everything going on with uh, with with uh, in politics, you know, including this impeachment trial that was totally unnecessary, um, given where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, one of the things one of the things actually like going over uh, just watching the impeachment throughout the week and going over um, just the testimony and reading about it. It's, I'm actually glad that we did have this trial because I think it is good just for, you know, for the sake of you know history, just to say that, OK, we did. Someone did try and stand up to Trump and everybody else just kind of seemed to be like, OK, with it. Um, Seventy four million Americans uh, support him still. Um, and we still have. You know at the end of this we all now know that 43 senators you know and a handful of almost half of the uh, the entire republican congress or the entire republican congress damn near uh, still supports donald trump but i think it was important that we do have this trial and kind of lay bare uh kind of his responsibility even if it did not come to you know an outcome that really matters but that said i mean we had we had a whole week of impeachments uh a whole week of an impeachment we had um the impeachment managers, Jamie Raskin of Maryland, Joe Neguse of uh, Colorado, David Cicilline of Rhode Island and a few others all got together and presented their arguments. Uh, first, just to clear the threshold of, you know, there being an impeachment trial against the former presidents. And even that was a controversy, as we only saw, you know, 44. We saw 56 senators vote in support of it, but 44 still holding on not to. Uh-huh. Um, and that kind of mirrored what we saw uh at the end of the trial, where uh, I think only one more senator kind of came around. I think it was um, the oh, senator think- from Pennsylvania, right?
0: No, I think it was the senator know, North from Carol- North Louisiana. Carolina. I thought it was the senator from Louisiana that came around. There right was
1: out. two. There was a, there was bru- there was candidate candidate. Um, sorry, um, Cassidy from Cassidy, Louisiana, yeah. and there was the uh, senator from North Carolina, not Tom Tillis. Um,
0: oh, the guy that Laura Trump is going to take a. She's
1: she's going to primary in the next uh, election because that was one of the things that came out of this that Trump is going to primary anyone who doesn't support him. But yeah, we saw that 57 senators voted to, uh, to impeach, 43 to acquit. And, you know, there was that picture of the Trump lawyers kind of saying, hey, uh, kind of like congratulating themselves and high-fiving after, even though they had such a low threshold and they were terrible throughout the week. But knowing what we do now, I guess, I think a good place to start is, uh, was, this, was this impeachment pro- proceedings, do you guys feel like it was, wor- it was worth it? It was worth the time. It was worth the effort that, uh, that we just saw for the last week.
3: I'll say this, um, for me, I feel like it was worth it only because it needed to happen um to at least show that it was that it was necessary for Donald Trump to be held accountable for his actions. I think anyone who kind of has been watching what has happened over the last four years, was kind of already prepared for what was gonna happen. I don't think anybody was really holding out hope for a conviction. At least I know I wasn't. Um, but that's not to say that I didn't want this to happen. I, I wholeheartedly felt like the trial needed to happen. Um, you know, just to show that a, a, a president, whether, you know, current or former, or, or, you know, maybe someone who wants to utilize their second term cannot get away with what happened um, or basically trying to overthrow the government um, without any consequences. So absolutely it needed to happen. Um, I'm glad it happened. Um, I wasn't really disappointed with the outcome because I feel like in order to be disappointed, you had to have some sort of hope that it was gonna go your way. And I knew it wasn't just because it wasn't, a lot of people were saying You know, it's different from the last impeachment trial, um, because he literally tried to, he was literally charged with insurrecting a riot or whatever the case may be, or, 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 you know, basically being blamed for everything that happened on January 6th at the Capitol. But I still, regardless of what has happened, I still knew he wasn't going to be convicted. And I think for a lot of people, they were hoping he would so that he could we wouldn't have to you know deal with maybe possibly him running again and even him saying like my movement has just begun which is what he he said (laughs) which is funny Mm -hmm. to me I know that this is not going to be the last of Donald Trump I think it's only going to really add fuel to the fire because he's probably going to feel like he's untouchable at this point um I mean, he's, he basically yeah, he basically has been um, it's really been impossible for Donald Trump to be held accountable for all the things that he's done. And so I think that we are entering a smarter and um, more calculated Donald Trump. We're going to have to encounter a more, you know, a, a better Trump because, you know, Trump was he's not really like politically intelligent. But I think he's gotten away with so much that it's really only, you know, it's, it's I like to say it's like little infinity stones, like he's just becoming more and more and having more and more to work with in order to get the things that he wants. So do I think that this is the last we will see of Donald Trump in the world of politics? Absolutely not. I do think mm-hmm. that we need to brace ourselves for a different Donald Trump in 2024 when we when we get to this. So all I can say is enjoy the next four years mm-hmm. of a uh, Biden, because I, I can't even begin to imagine what 2024, 2023 is going to look like.
2: So um, Richard Burr um, voted to convict. That's the senator. Thanks. <laughs> basically, basically stated that nah, this is Richard Burr's last last term. He stated that like, he's not running he's retired again. Retired? Yeah, okay. he's retired. this is his last term. But he basically stated that he was against the trial when the trial first started because he didn't see it wasn't constitutional because there was no precedent. And you know, if you study any any legal jargon, you know, it works based based on precedent. But he said like Which once the trial <laughs> Which is a lie by the way, there there was precedent. But he said, once the trial started, it became precedent that this goes on. But he said like, it was so common sense. The evidence was overwhelming that the crime raised the eye crimes and misdemeanors. And I can't understand, I feel like we, we have gotten to the point where we don't really have a democracy anymore. We're just having two party system fighting each other. And I think this is what the founders were scared of because um, I forgot who said it when a lady had asked one of the founders, what kind of government did you give us? And one of the founders was like a democracy if you can keep it. I feel like we're in the dying ember. We're seeing the dying ember of democracy. If yeah. we can't yeah. put partisanship aside to like do something that's clearly illegal. It clearly incited the riot. They clearly planned it. You know, if your life could be say we 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 are filming in say say like we're filming the pod in person, right? Somebody comes to attack the pod, right?
3: Yeah. It's
2: like me, Carly, and Keith and and, and Kevin vote not to that, that a crime wasn't committed. When when we saw it with our own eyes, right. So at this point, I can't. And, and
3: that was my ne- yeah. that was one something also. I feel like it's it's also really a slap in the face to the people who were there, um, that day. People who you know work who who showed up for work thinking it was just going to be a regular day, to know that someone is literally responsible for something that you feel personally as a threat to to your life.
0: Mm-hmm
3: at work where which is supposed to be a safe place a lot of people don't realize that your job your home are supposed to be safe places where you you you're there to be productive where you're there to to get something done and so the least you know you could do is is make sure that i'm safe and protected while i'm doing this job and i i can't help but to empathize and and be compassionate towards the people who were there and and you know, kind of felt like, okay, I'm in a very uncomfortable situation. I, I feel like my life is on the line. I don't know what's going to happen. And then you come to find out that one person is solely responsible for, for, for something that you feel was a threat to your livelihood and they just get away with it. It's, it's an enormous slap in the face. And I think if you remove Donald Trump for it and and literally present it for what it is, which is someone using their power as a tool to get what they want done or to make things go the way that they want it to go with no regards or calculation for the other people who are at harm's way when you're trying to get what you want. I understand that Donald Trump felt the election was cheating, even though there, it wasn't, even though mm-hmm. we now know that there was no basis for that. He just threw a hissy fit. That's something that you deal with on your own time. You know, that's something that you have to, you go on a press tour and, and slander people for it and be like, oh, these people worked against me. This, this system is rigged, cool
1: actually you know you don't go on a press tour you literally make your case if you have evidence right, of that, right, right, right. you go out and do that there was no right. evidence to support anything right. any his, and he knew points. that
3: because he was going through the process and all of his cases were getting thrown out like back to back you know whatever um uh,
1: like one in second I, I think record
0: yeah please uh, please go this was the second time that he claimed the election was rigged remember right. after he beat hillary clinton he claimed the election was rigged and he created an election task force which found no fraud really So this is his second girl around claiming that there was fraud in the election. So
1: i have forgotten all about that because he said he'd won the popular vote by like 5 million votes or something, Mm -hmm. right? That was his original claim, yeah. Yeah, I
3: think, I I just feel like it's it's really disgusting because I don't see it as, I I see it for more than what it is. I see it for someone who is literally supposed to uphold democracy because that's your job as the president. That's what you, you swore an oath to. Feeling, you know, letting personal feelings get in the way of that oath that you made. And I, I I can't help but to say the people who are so patriotic, who claim that they love Donald Trump because he's for this country and he loves this country just as much as they do, and he would die for this country just like they would. It's such a contradiction because someone who loved this country would respect the democracy that we're supposed to have in place. Which means if you lose an election, you're out of here.
1: Mm-hmm. I do want to have
3: the- another opportunity to run yeah. again because he only had one term, and then at that point, that is your time to create a whole new campaign, speak on the things that maybe you felt were unfair in the last op- the last time you were in office, but you don't over try to overthrow the government or you Mm -hmm. don't egg people on to do your dirty work that's just not how that is supposed to work and for people who claim to be so patriotic I would assume that seeing someone do this to the country that you have so much pride in the country that you love so much that would infuriate you but again Trump supporters are not patriots they're not patriotic they're Trump supporters
2: um I think I think Malcolm X said it best like Especially, he um, said, like you know, us black people haven't haven't like experienced true democracy. Like democracy isn't for us, you know, because if you really look at it, like say, you st- forty-three senators voted against the um, the impeachment. Those mm-hmm. forty-three senators probably make up probably 25 percent 25 30 percent max population of of the entire country they don't represent america you know they don't represent black people because black people don't live in those places that they that they come from you know like and you can look at north carolina that richard burr voted to to acquit but, but it kind of reflects the the change in demographic in a state like North Carolina that has a as a strong black population like in Raleigh Durham the research triangle area where where most people live at you know like you can look at we we haven't seen that it's it's like this this is what we see when the i feel like white people losing their power in the country and it's kind of becoming very hadman and very evident that they are so this is like their last time last thing to hold on because even lindsey graham i think i said it like you don't want a democracy like there's no pure democracy in america this is a a piece of representational democracy you know Mm -hmm. it's like having it's like having 50 country 50 country coming together to form one block to like come to agreement that's what the united States basically is Right now,
1: yeah, I mean, Mike Mike Lee had, did it at the comments a couple of months ago. Like, yeah, right Mike Lee, my election, bad, not not he was talking about yeah. yeah, I mean, Lindsey Graham may have said something to the effect too, but he was basically saying like the, that democracy. You know, we we don't want a democracy.
0: Really, mm-hmm. we don't,
1: you know, that's not what you want. And that kind of goes back to I wanted to take it back to Carly. He had said something about the president. Your job is to kind of uphold democracy, but I'm not sure if you look at these, if you look at what happened with this, the impeachment trial, if that's something that the Republican Party is interested in. I mean, we, for, for sure. Like one of the reasons Trump was elected, and you can go right back to what Steve Bannon was saying back when he was, you know, the chief chief advisor. They wanted to, to disrupt the administrative state. They wanted to kind of tear the whole thing down. And you have—I was listening to another podcast with um, uh, Matt Jones, um, who works, at, who uh, handles Kentucky basketball. But he wrote a book about Mitch McConnell, and one of the things that he says about Trump supporters that he talks to all the time—they just want to tear the government down. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think a part of, and that's something that, you know, is enabled when you can kind of have this one person who wants to tear everything down with you. Trump is kind of their voice for that. So I think holding those people. So holding him accountable when he's the only person who wants to give them what they want, give the 74 million or so people that support him what they want. I don't think that was ever going to happen for, you that's, know, 43 no. people who for in some By some measure, you know, are they, you know, are they afraid to vote against uh, this block? Are they kind of, you know, looking ahead to 2024 for their own presidential ambitions? I think there are all these kinds of things that have to be calculated when they're, when you say, oh, they have to kind of uphold and defend democracy, where it's like, no, they're just trying to give the people what they want, which, you know, unfortunately, it's the only time they ever really want to do it because they pretty much, you know, rule from a minority point of view. But unfortunately, this is one of the things that they can kind of get behind where it's like, yeah, we want to tear down this with you or or tear this down for you, so to speak. So I think that's... uh, I think that's, kind of, that's a worrying sign, one of, the, one of the worrying things that I had uh, coming out of this impeachment. Uh,
0: so, like, this is a little bit off topic, but Ryan and Marcus kind of touched on a good point. And it's kind of emphasizes why we need to get rid of the filibuster. Um, as Ryan mentioned, you know, 40-plus senators represented, like, what, 25% of the uh, U.S. population, maybe, if that. They had the filibuster. So even though, like, we won, we won the outright majority, passing laws such as like the john lewis uh, voting rights act or passing laws to create more equality um to actually tackle this like quote unquote like electoral fraud we can't do that because of the filibuster and so like we have to like eliminate that um i mean unfortunately democrats might shoot themselves in the foots with uh uh, Sinema cinema and like john uh, joe manchin mark uh, kelly mark kelly they're kind of like hesitant on doing that but it's basically minority rule at this point, like a very small minority of countries is kind of running policy at this point.
2: It's um. it. So I did a study while I was in college, right. About gerrymandering and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's just, so if you look at Pennsylvania, right. I remember it was like a study done, like Pennsylvania had the majority of this, uh, 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 like 65% of the people had voted Democrat in, in, in Pennsylvania, but because of gerrymandering, they still, they still, republicans were able to control like two-thirds of the of the house yeah. delegates going to going to congress like it's yeah. it's so deeply embedded in american um democracy like if you look at like gerrymandered maps that are gerrymandered they look crazy you would be like you you would ask yourself like who drew these congressional maps it makes no sense like they would draw all the black people in one area yeah. like, all the white people in one area so like representational representation isn't really spread and shared amongst everything. So like you I feel like we are in like a new civil rights era, a new anti-voting rights era. Like you know, like we're it's cornered and so systematic. Like it's it's hard to explain like gerrymandering to an average Joe, like how black people our Hispanics, our people of color, losing representation in these districts. You know how we keep losing, but we keep voting. We vote so much. Like at this point, I don't think voting is the issue. I think it's like deeper than that. It's like gerrymandering. No, like, it's, definitely,
3: know,
2: like, it's definitely deeper than that. Like we just go out and, and, I, and vote. Like, go ahead.
3: No, no, I'm just saying. I think voting, voting in this country is pointless if there's really no like progression. If you're just consistently voting for the same people that are trying to uphold values that work against your 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 you know your own personal issue, interests, it's 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 pointless. We're voting in hopes that things will change, but then people get in office and kind of renege on the things that they promised for, you know, uh, like to progress this country. You know, a lot of people vote on or a lot of people run on healthcare or minimum wage or mm. you know, things that are supposed to be progressive and, and socialist things that are supposed to really give like poor people a leg up or or marginalized people a leg up. But then they use us, they use those people as kind of like a stepping stool to get where they want. And then once they get there, it's kind of like, well, I don't know how to fulfill the things that I promise. Because now I'm working against, I'm working against, you know, Republicans who don't want to give me the things, but it's like, yeah, Republicans are one, are one issue. But then sometimes I I can't help but to think, did you really even want to do the things that you said you were going to do?
1: No, that's yeah. a good point. I kind of want to, Kev, okay, you have a... No, I was going to say something?
0: that's a really, uh, that's a really deep point, And it's a, it's a fair point. I mean, it does kind of suck that like two senators can kind of like reject an entire policy, (laughs) so. And and then you can't move anywhere
2: because they decide it's not something that.
3: Like I try to, yeah, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and say like, you know, you are working against the Republicans who are not really interested in in nudging or wiggling towards, you know, a bipartisan support for some of these things that, that we are, you know, we're hoping or we keep voting for people to do. But then sometimes that's one issue, yes. But then I think a lot of times, and I'm getting to this point, and it's sad that I'm getting to this point because I, I do still hold out hope for change. But I can't help but to think that it's kind of like an algorithm at this point. Like, I know that if I, I have these talking points, or if I tell you these things, or I say these things to you, or I you know, promise these things, you're going to vote for me. But then I get to where you got me and I thank you. I thank you for your, your, your voting. I thank you for your support. I thank you for your encouragement of other people to vote. But I'm focused on other things. I only got four years here and I'm worried about the things that I want to get across. I might get to the things that I promised. I, I can't guarantee it though. Nor do I really want to, to be honest. But who's really going to say that? Who's really going to come out and say, I voted. I, you got me here because I promised you some things, but I had no intention of ever fulfilling the things that I I, I I, said I would. I just knew that it would get you to vote for me.
1: I don't think any politician has done that since. Uh, no. Has done that yet.
3: Nor will they, because then that would mess up the flow of, of, of politics as we know it. Then it would be like, oh, we've been bamboozled all these years, we've been lied to, we've been like, you know, just and I think it works for both of them. I will say, I think it, if it's more of a, a tool and tactic for Democrats because they're supposed to be the people's people, mm-hmm. and Republicans tend to be more upfront with their policies. But then again, they're like more conservative. And so then they already have the conservatives who are always going to vote on conservative things. I think that the, the Democrats, a lot of Democrats kind of like disguise themselves as socialists because they know that a lot of people who vote Democrat are interested in socialist movements. But I'm not a socialist. I'm not going to give you these social, socialist policies that I have promised you because I don't believe in them. I do mm-hmm. not believe in... in, in and increasing the minimum wage. I do not believe in equal opportunities for all. I do not believe in in, no more affordable housing, better education, um, giving you more to work with so that you have more of an opportunity when it comes to advancing from poverty to maybe nudging yourself up to middle class. I I, I don't believe in it. I don't care about it. It doesn't affect me. And I have no intention of giving it to you.
2: I have a quick question for y'all. Yep. Do y'all yep. think it's 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 because all of this is because Mitch McConnell has a better control over his caucus than Chuck Schumer ever had.
3: Because oh, yeah.
2: absolutely because I feel I, like the I fact guess that yeah, it's not even a fair fight. The fact that, that does though? the fact nah Mitch has a strong control over his caucus, whatever Mitch wanted done as majority leader yeah 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 i gotta, so, gotta remember mitch actually, has the same well mid, well i don't I well, know if he
1: has better control i think he i think he's better at manipulating maneuvering maneuvering. maneuvering. he's a better he's better he's at better maneuvering game than Chuck, I'm, Chuck, I'm, Chuck Schumer right. I'm gonna know. throw
0: i'm gonna throw a tumor some bill here this is the first thing he's been majority leader um so we gotta give him credit there and
2: but he's been been in the minority for mad long so he, that but, i'm not like but like you
0: but like you said no no, no no but like you said rural america has a much bigger voice in the senate and so democrats mostly appeal to more urbanated areas so there's a lot harder for democrats to win in those rural states
2: you I, gotta see your cut point. I see bit, your point and i raise you, you know? another point i see your point and i raise you another point look at the case of let's take susan collins right susan collins all the time favored democratic policies more than she did republican policy but Mm -hmm. whenever the vote came to a a vote came to the floor mitch mcconnell knew how to position himself position himself to make sure she was voting for those policies even if she was in a tight race that the policy was going to affect her in like the that that's something that i don't think chuck schumer has shown the ability to do so far with mark kelly chris kirsten cinema and um Joe Manchin. So Joe me, Manchin is let me sorry. cut him
0: some let me cut him some bail again here. So like I don't really know much about uh Kristen Cinema and uh Mark Kelly because they're new to the Senate. But Joe Manchin, I know he votes 52% of Republicans, but what was like one big legislation that Joe Manchin actually curtailed?
2: Not I, not yet. Not yet. Like not, he hasn't not yet. Not, he hasn't. not yet. Because it's been so. so but we already seen the start of the of the rift started because for the for the stimulus to even come to to the to the senate like they had to out try to joe biden had to outflank joe manchin sending kamala to west virginia to work with jim justice just to try to get even any traction and even joe manchin was like yo i just felt disrespected basically
0: i think i honestly think i don't really know joe manchin i honestly think he just puts up an act just a hundred percent. I a hundred percent puts him back uh, to
1: what end so as what, th- yes, 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 yes. what he votes what he to He just says, wants though. to
0: pretend to he just pretends to like put up a big show and fight, but like even like the fifteen dollar minimum wage, like that like that was a losing battle. Like, he knew that. Like the house went ahead and voted for it anyways.
3: I also can't help but to think also, like just what you were saying, um when it comes down to like, I think the people who vote Republican and who vote Democrat, I think majority of the people who vote Democrat don't have any other choice but to be hopeful. Because it's like when you're in when you've been in such a a messed up situation for a long time, and there's really no end in sight, because then again, nobody's really reaching out to better your situation. Mm -hmm. Someone comes around and tells you vote, and things will change. Vote and I'll give you more, I'll do more, I'll change things for you. What other options do you have? But people who vote for Republican are in very cozy situations or just rednecks, but a majority of the people are in very cozy situations. So it's like I'm I'm aligning with who is going to do more for me.
1: So I gotta push back on that a little bit. Just I gotta push back. Yes, yeah, because I think just calling. I mean, just kind of trying to simplify Republicans is just kind of being like rednecks or just being cozy. Like there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of Republicans who are not much better off than folks that might be like in, you know in, Right, unquote, but it goes know, down, it goes down to a moral and moral,
3: a moral Sometimes it, it really well, those are the people that to getting back,
1: But getting back to my earlier point, it's kind of like these are the people that want to tear it all down because they're like, the government hasn't done anything for me. The government won't do anything for me. Right. So let's just get rid of it all. And that's kind of that's where their recourse is. So it's like but I think on the, those on the flip people- side on the flip side of you saying, you know, oh, you're kind of hopeful if you're voting Democrat. The other side of that is you have no hope at all. So you're just like, destroy it all. That's kind of where where we're at right now, like kind of like a larger view. It's like you have people who want to build up the government to kind of help them, or you have people that just want to tear it all down and try to start it over because what what we have right now just isn't working.
3: Well, I'm only saying, I I I think a a lot of Democrats have been voting Democrat forever and nothing has, I think on both ends, like on both ends. But again, from a majority of the people who vote Democrat have always voted Democrat, regardless of the (laughs) outcome. Whether and, they got what they wanted or not, it's like I'm continuously going to be a Democrat because I feel like they're going to someday somehow do what I what they keep promising me.
2: And and I'm gonna go back off. I know we have to change topic soon, but I'm gonna go back to Marcus's point. Uh, why I agree with Marcus? I don't know if anybody watched the Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. Um, no
0: spoilers, thing. please. I, I haven't did. watched no, it if you,
2: if the you Black watch, yeah. If, if yeah. you watch that movie. You kind of get the the sense of what's happening right now, In in reality, government works for no one. Government, it, government, and this current they work
3: form,
2: for themselves. It, I disagree it, with that actually. Well, the people not they work the one for rich
3: person,
2: yeah, not yeah. the people that is supposed to benefit. Like you know, like those in like. But who is, is the government supposed
3: to benefit? Like, 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 the, that's everybody,
2: real, everybody. The really government the most vulnerable. Yeah. Like the government, so the initial purpose of government is to protect, uh protect give protection like to those like you know, to govern, to like make sure things are being done like tax money are being allocated to do what the correct stuff. Happened? Never, but that's the okay. original purpose of government. Right. But government in its current form so is I'm sluggish asking you, and do doesn't you, work. Do
3: you think at this point if we've never upheld the idea of what a government is supposed to do? because you literally just said never and i agree with you it, they never have when are you supposed a, to adopt I, it if you've never upheld it any other time and we're I so i think it's
2: an i think what we have right now we thought i think i think what we have right now it doesn't really necessarily work like the way it, it was intended to be no, because there's such did, a split, yeah. because there's such a split in the country and like I don't, you can go back way back when. I don't think there's been been such a big every split in the country since uh, but probably I think a long has time. Since has so, always not since the Civil war. war, not since the Civil War. The country hasn't got to this mm. point where where it's like, yo, I'm not speaking to you because you voted for blah blah blah. And I'm there's people turning against each. I don't think we have gotten to this the this this far in a long time. You know, like it's uh, it's either you on one fence or you on the other fence. I also
3: think people are genuinely just exhausted, like just, you know, you're exhausted with every like things going constantly going like again, like this whole thing is about the impeachment trial. And it's like, again, we knew what was going to happen, or at least I feel like anybody who's kind of been following politics the last few years knows that nothing was going to come from this. And I just can't help but to assume like it has to be frustrating. It's frustrating for me because it's like it's all right there. It should have been super easy to convict him. But Mm -hmm. then again, like, this is the government, this is the country that we live in to where even though the the facts are presented and the evidence is is evident, it still went the other way.
0: Well, I'll say this and we could probably hop off this topic. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I think Democrats actually did an amazing job with the trial. I think that uh, there was a lot of people who thought that the insurrection was just merely a bunch of like old white guys or old white people just like loitering around like the Capitol building, not really doing much. Mm -hmm. And I think like the the, uh, unseen videos really showed like just how violent they were. And it really showed like how close Mike Pence was to getting hurt, especially Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer was his old ass was hauling it you know just, just really just like
1: Mitt, Mitt Romney who had to like be told to like step away from the people he took off I right think, uh, officer Goodman told him to like step
0: to go go away from the crowd and officer Goodman didn't even like stop like that's how like serious it was like Officer Goodman yeah. was like yo run save yourself at this point so like I think they did a really good job like showing like how you know just how violent it was and how serious it was and like I think I keep harkening back to Ryan's point like a minority of the country has such a huge say in the Senate and like we're hitting this certain point in our country where like the Senate's just, it's just not working anymore. You know, yeah. like the electoral college is just not working anymore. I, oh, you know, so like we have to like take like a big change, to like, you know, correct that. Yeah, And I, I don't know like how that's going to look or if there's even a willpower to even fix the Senate, you
1: know, but yeah, there's a, qu- there's a good question you have, like of how do we get the government, how do we get government to work for people again? So again, right. I keep coming back to Republicans, like, wanting to tear everything down. It's because government has ceased working for them. And I think part of that, if we had a more functional Senate rather than what we've had with under Mitch McConnell, then I think that's something that could go towards it. But until there's, you know, the kind of political will, so to speak, mm-hmm. to make that happen in terms of getting rid of the filibuster, um, strengthening our voting, voting rights protections, until that happens, you know, it feels like we're going to be stuck in this kind of death, uh, this, this death loop, you know, for the foreseeable future.
0: Right. And, like, to like go back to Carly's point a little bit, I know, like, Trump, Was mentioning that he wanted to start his own third party, at the Patriot Party. I was all about that. Start your third party because, like, you're, we just the two party system just doesn't work, you know. And like, if if we're saying that there are some quote unquote good Republicans who know that this was bad, and like the you know the guys who are for it, let them go off to that third party and let us like try to like fix what we got right now. Or just yeah. split
1: off the Republican Party so that they Something. can no longer be be right. such an obstructionist kind of effort. Also, third parties in America always fail. Like, so I'm also that's all, <laughs> that's another reason I'm here for it. Like, hey, if you want to go and support yeah. Trump's party, you know he can be the next Ross Perot. Go for it. I'm I'm okay for it. But um, yeah, that's uh that topic really uh that kind of, that question kind of really you know went to a lot of different places. I didn't expect it to go, but I thought that was a very very yeah, good, discussion perfect, good
2: discussion on where we're
1: going so i do have a couple of other questions on the impeachment then we can kind of move on to something else but this was kind of like the big political topic of the week other than you know some covid stuff and some other things happening right. around the world but i did want to ask you guys um so kev you gave the democrats props for how they ran the impeachment but there were some people that made them mis- made the claim that democrats kind of gave up the game so to speak by not having people testify and give uh during the trial. do you think that's does anyone here think that that was an actual issue here um, they, uh, Chris
2: Coons, was it Chris Coons who walked in and said people trying to go home for Valentine's Day? Yeah, yeah Chris
1: Coons came out and said that, and it was like that's. I hate centrist I
2: Democrats.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, he's shout out to Delaware. Um, or is he Connecticut? I I keep getting some guys confused He's
2: he's 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 Joe Biden's lackey, so I won't doubt that he's, he's from Delaware. I'm pretty sure he's from Delaware. I think he's Delaware. Um, yeah, he's definitely Joe Biden's lackey in the Senate. So.
0: So, Marcus, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding was that the prosecutors did want to bring in witnesses. I think there was a Republican Congresswoman that wanted to be a witness. But yes, I Jamie do Herrera think, Butler. I think like the Senate or maybe the defense negotiated that down to only give out statements, I want to say.
1: Uh, yeah. So, so, what happened was that, uh, sorry, Carl, I'll get to you in a second. But what happened okay. was that Jamie Herrera Butler gave a statement, I think, Friday nights about a call that Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump had during the insurrection, where Donald Trump was basically like, oh, it looks like a lot of people are really unhappy, Kevin, and he wasn't really going to do anything. <laughs> despite Kevin McCarthy's kind of uh, claims or kind of uh, request to, you know, in, get in, get involved, to save our asses. Um, so she was going to actually go up and testify about the call. But and there's even a vote in support of that. But I guess what happened was that impeachment managers didn't know what to do once they had the vote to bring a witness. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of like, OK, how do we get uh, her? But we into the into the even into the proceedings to actually testify. Do We have mm-hmm. a zoom call. So there are a lot of logistical things there. And then I guess what happened was there was just senators who were like, you know, let's wrap this up. Let's just issue a statement. So that's why the that's where the deal came from. Like, okay, we're going to admit the statement. We're not going to have her testify. And the prosecutor or, or the defense attorneys for Trump, who, you know, did a terrible job. were just like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. and Admit it. Cause who cares? Right. And that's, that's how we kind of ended up where we were, where
0: we're at. Yeah. I think, I, um, uh, sorry, Carly. I think like the, Sorry, Carly. uh, yeah, I, this is going to be the theme of the podcast. <laughs> sorry, Carly. <laughs> um, Look, I, think, I think, like, if you think long term, which we, we don't do that anymore, right? Um, right? I think the main strategy here was the 2022 elections. Um, so I think that as long as you could probably pit some Republicans who voted against to, like I got who probably voted to uphold or voted against to certify the certified election or they voted against to acquit Trump. I'm sorry, I probably got it mixed up, whatever. You can probably campaign against them and say, look, here's the evidence we presented you know, this is how to de- destroy our democracy. And then you can probably win off of that. So, I mean, if hopefully this works out in 2022, if that was the strategy, I'm still very happy with like what the Democrats did though.
1: Yeah, I mean, the case was airtight, but uh, I just didn't think it was an interesting question. Carly, now
0: <laughs> but, sorry, <laughs> All the interruptions. Um, no, it's
3: okay. Um, I think sometimes uh, just in te- in t- when it comes to testifying, uh, because I think a lot of people don't really seem to understand that this is a trial it's, a, it's, it's just a trial, you know. that's literally what impeachment is. And impeachment is a conviction or the hopes of getting a conviction, just like any other trial. And I do say that sometimes testif- testif- uh, testimonies can make or break a trial. And so a testimony can be used as a tool to strengthen a, a case, but then also you have to sometimes look at it and be like, will this weaken my case? Do I make mm-hmm. a stronger case by presenting the evidence that I have using statements and other things and videos and pictures and da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Or do I have someone? Because you have to, have to understand when it comes down to someone testifying, there's an opportunity for a cross-examination. So sometimes it could be I can, you know, sit here and ask this person questions and, and it might strengthen my case, but then maybe this, this, you know, the, the counter can come in and just completely ripped my witness apart after I just built them up. So it's a a very powerful tool um, that a lot of times people misuse. A lot of people allow testimonies when their case is pretty strong on its own or would be stronger without it. So I don't really hold that to the Democrats because then again, I think it could have just gotten lost. Um, It could have just really gone the other way. It could have been catastrophic. You know, a lot of times people think that they're willing to or able to stand as a a trial witness and then they get up there and, you know, you may have some some like, you know, coaching from, you know, you might have a a situation where they're like, here we want you to testify. So we'll run the questions down with you or we'll have someone come in and kind of do a mock situation with you. But there's really no telling what might happen once the real thing or you get into that actual courtroom and the other side starts to tear you apart.
1: Yep. I mean, and then I mean- it, just,
3: it just really crumbles the whole thing. So I, I never or in this situation, I won't fault them because, you know, when it comes to Trump, you really don't know what you're getting. So it could have been just a matter of we think we have a strong case and we think this witness might make our case stronger. But then again, will they really be able to? Because this is a big trial. This is mm-hmm. this is the impeachment of a of a president. This is yes. not like oh you know, <laughs> you know my friend did something and they asked me what I know about it. It's it's much more magnified and it's much more intense. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes down to that. It may uh, have just been a matter of it really won't help us in the long run.
0: I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I know we're we're probably talking this topic a lot, but. I mean, I'm not afraid of Trump's defense cross-examining a witness. I, I they, they are the two most, three most incompetent lawyers this guy could possibly get. I think one of them was like what, a, like a divorce attorney or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, Marcus. If you saw like the opening remarks, like I caught a glimpse of it, and it was just like a rambling response. So like,
2: I, yeah.
0: I, I'm not scared of like uh, the defense like cross-examining them. I do no. think like the sad thing is, though, is that this isn't actually a fair trial because the jurors are one, the victims, or two, were a part of the entire thing, too. So it, it just wasn't the, the a pro- fair match, anyways.
1: Yeah, the process just wasn't correct. Um, but no, that's, yeah, the, I, I just wanted to bring that up because it did seem like on social media there was a, there was kind of, I know Twitter is like kind of like the worst place to go for these things, but it did seem like a lot of people yeah, are very upset about, about say, like, Hey, I, why are we, why are we not having testimony? Oh, the Democrats are again tossing me the, putting up enough of a fight. And it's like, guys, I, I I don't think that's what's happening here, but
3: yeah, it's also just a lot of people. And this just goes to the theme of social media. A lot of people who are just grossly uneducated when it comes to, the running themes that are present in politics and that, and that is the law, that is understanding of government, understanding of politics, understanding of just everything that encompasses the government.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and there are people who will get on the internet and say, you know, like I, I, like there are people who were upset because a lot of people are saying this trial is a waste of time. Yeah. Thinking like, oh, I oh. mean, right, which I agree. A lot of people took that to me and like, oh, well, we want Trump to get away with it. I I think anyone who has a larger understanding of the climate in which this country is in, it's not really invalid for someone to say, I think this trial is a waste of time, because I do think that it was a waste of time, because we knew how it was going to go. And yet there's other things, more pressing issues that should have been on the Senate floor to be discussed.
1: That was that was one of the I think that was my better points. Yeah, like we have COVID relief that still needs to get done. We still have I think the attorney's attorney general's office. We still don't have Merrick Garland installed yet. He still has to go through his confirmation trial. So there are these other things that were going on that needed to be taken care of. But I do want to kind of pivot to my last question about uh, the impeachment before we can move on to some other stuff. But Mitch McConnell, you know, speaking of criminal justice, Mitch McConnell, you know, did vote to he voted to acquit. He didn't think the trial was. was uh, constitutional. You know, he voted against it, but he did come out and say after, you know, President Trump. Quote: President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he's in office. He didn't get away with anything yet. Uh, and then quote, uh, unquote, and then you know, he said the criminal justice system is now the venue to try uh, Trump. So, so, what do you guys make of this quote?
2: I, no, like, just, this trick of New York. That's my only statement. <laughs>
0: um, look, I, I just think this is just Mitch McConnell trying to. Treat- that's the side Right, uh, I think this is Mitch McConnell is trying to get his cake and eat it too. That's it. Like you have the power to prevent him from running from office again. There was a precedent before. Like you, you're acting like this out of your hands, and it's not because your your whole argument when Trump was president was he's president, you can't really prosecute him. Now that he's after president, what, what what are we supposed to do now? You know what I mean? You're gonna you're not gonna attack like Joe Biden and his administration if they go after Trump after he uh, you know after the election. So like. I, I, Uh, He's just trying to have his cake and eat it too, so he can just sit down and shut up. My opinion.
1: No, I agree with you there. Um, It's you had the he had every opportunity to kind of nip this in the bud. Now he's kind of passing the sticks while still wanting to seem like he's you know taking a stand when it's not really what's happening. So right, yeah, I'm I'm uh, agreeing with you there.
0: It's like Lisa Murkowski coming out and say, "Oh, Trump's never going to be the president ever again." Really, lady? Like you guys have the power. You have the power to prevent it. You have the power to prevent (laughs) that. You know, come on.
2: Yeah, I so. said he wouldn't, wasn't gonna mm-hmm. uh, win the nomination. Yeah, I didn't support. Yeah, I tried to say, Yeah, I would have supported him. Look what happened.
1: Y'all were gonna reign him, or him in like- when he wasn't in the office. That didn't happen either. Uh, Susan, right.
0: Susan Collins said he learned his he learned his lesson from the first impeachment. I guess he didn't, right? Okay. <laughs> so. You just had how to vote I for learned- another impeachment. How Susan. would someone,
3: I just also feel like, how would someone learn their lesson from? Uh, the first impeachment when the first impeachment didn't teach them anything. Like it kind of like nothing happened with the first impeachment. It's kind of like when you consistently get away with something, you're always going to think that you can get away with more. Like you're always going to try to push to get away with more and more and more and more, because it's like, I've done this thing that I'm clearly guilty of. And y'all know I'm guilty. You have the opportunity to, affirm that I'm guilty but you don't so where is the lesson in that where would you gain the accountability in that type of situation because I think accountability comes from being called out on your actions or being held accountable for your actions if you're not held accountable for your action you would never gain accountability from that Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah I mean yeah I think I think that's you know, again, Republicans have every opportunity to kind of disassociate themselves from this guy and they never take it. They never take it. That's the disappointing thing that still 43 senators still felt that they needed to vote for, vote to kind of keep him safe or quit him. him Because they're scared of
2: him.
1: I mean, it's a combination of fear. It's a combination of, you know, I think some people do believe that democracy is overrated. Shouts to Mike Lee. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid of even being primaried, which is one of the weird things that came out of the trial. They did like air Trump saying, oh, we're going to primary folks that don't support us. Uh, This is kind of a reminder to anyone who, you know, might be primared in 2022. I think there are, I think there are eight Senate seats. I might have that wrong for 2022 up for grabs. The frustrating,
3: the frustrating part about that is the people who complain about democracy. When you look at the other types of governments that are present, I think we've also been conditioned to believe that those are also bad, too. Because when you have people who come in and try to give you an opportunity to adapt to something else, it's always seen as, like, whatever. Like, for instance, socialism. Like, a lot of people see socialism as, like, this, 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 you know, crazy thing or this, you know, whatever. Like, it's not something that's feasible. Mm
0: -hmm. But
3: what we're doing now isn't really real it's like really not feasible either like I always feel like if if you're used to doing something a certain way but you're never getting the results that you want why wouldn't you want to look at other options we're so conditioned in this country to believe that other forms of government are so disastrous or just like completely far-fetched or we shouldn't even consider them or we should frown upon them When if you really break down socialism or capitalism or whatever the case may be, I mean, not capitalism, uh, communism or whatever the case may be, socialism, for example, is literally just giving people more to work with. But that's such a bad thing. But that's what we're fighting for. We want the government to give us more. But then when you have people who are running off of these things, it's like they, they can't push these things through. They can't get them through. And then you ask yourself like, well, why can't you? And then, you know, that's when the whole Republicans don't really, they're not really interested in reaching across the aisle.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: Demo- Republicans are only interested in getting the things that they want done, accomplished. Yeah. And those things are true. But then again, I also feel like, are we really requiring them to do so? Or do we settle and just accept that, okay, well, they're going to give us just a piece of what we want but they don't ever accept just a piece of what they want. They want the whole thing, and they get it every single time. So I can't really look at the Republicans like you know, like uh, like I can't really tone my nose at them because at least they're consistent. And yeah, one you know, of the nasty
1: things about them.
3: That's exactly they're <laughs> like consistently they, I, going stand to their be positions, them.
1: But the way that they operate, the way that they get things done, you is you know exactly what's coming.
3: Yes. Yeah. And that's my own. My, that's one of my biggest frustrations when it comes to Democrats. It's like if we fought as hard as the Republicans did, and, and refused to settle as much as they refused to settle, I can only imagine what we could get accomplished. But it's All like right. every time they're like, "Oh, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit," we're like, "Okay, we'll take it."
1: I think what we need, we need, we need someone, need someone to go around and just kind of tell Americans to. We'll tell them about themselves in a way that reminds me of someone who uh, someone we were just talking about we need a Kevin Samuels really of the Democratic <laughs> Party let's go around and have Americans kind of really just truly rate but they like, what, what are your situa- what are your
3: situation take
1: full stock of your situation and kind of into, work towards that end but um i thought yeah, that, was I that was bernie was
0: a, sanders though
1: bernie sanders is look, bernie sanders and his old dusty suits is not going to get it done we need someone like kevin samuels to get it done all right we know people,
3: i think that's what work. it honestly can give you that because i really think that's what a lot of people's issues with bernie sanders i've is heard that, that he's multiple old. times is that he's old. he's old
1: he's loud and he just d- he dress- doesn't dress well all right that was for a lot of people they did they took But you have, with to, that. Uh, you have, have to
3: acknowledge but, who it comes from makes the difference
1: yeah the, the, yeah the messenger of course made, that's the messenger
3: makes the difference
1: because the medium is the and a lot of
3: people were like oh bernie sanders is too old first of all it's funny because people were like bernie sanders is too old to be the president Meanwhile, we literally have the oldest president as the president. We
0: didn't have a choice. It was between two guys pushing it. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But I'm saying, I'm
2: saying like. We had mad choice. Let's just fix that. We had mad choice. The serious
1: serious contenders were all old. Until
2: until another 80, 80 year old. Went down to South Carolina and said, Go vote for Joe Biden, black people. And we all followed him and went to go vote for Joe Biden. Let's talk about it, Ryan.
0: We didn't have a choice, we had choices. No, no, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Because, like, the the way the primary is not a national system, it's just momentum as you go from state to state to state to state. So, by the time it comes up to like New Jersey, for example, you don't have any choices.
1: Yeah, Massachusetts, anything like the real, like, uh, I mean, Massachusetts, I guess, wasn't Super Tuesday, but by the time you gets to like Super Tuesday, it's already like done and dusted right. for the most part. By the time they no, got
0: but to but Florida, I just, I just had like three but, options. But that's,
2: but that's the thing. That's the <laughs> thing, though. Like, if you really think about it, like, South Carolina is early in the primary season. Like, right. mean, South Carolina is, the, is the first state with black folks. That's why. And y- then yes. Jim Clyburn just said, you know what? That's who I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for. So, Black people, love them some Jim Clyburn, another 80-year-old. So we all went out and voted for a geriatric old man.
1: It's true. But I do. I guess we can wrap up this impeachment talk. I think we do have to give a shout out to the impeachment managers who did make a good case: Diana Duguette of Colorado, David Sicilina of Rhode Island, Joaquin Castro of Texas, Eric Swalwell of California, Ted Lou of California, Joe Naguzi of Colorado, Madeline Dean of Pennsylvania, and Stacey Plaskett of the Virgin Islands. Did not even know they had a representative there, but shout out to Stacey <laughs> yeah. for making for for, for putting it. up the effort. I thought they did make a great case. I don't know if you could have if you we're watching the coverage or taking the coverage. I don't think you could come away f- with any other uh, conclusion that Trump did something wrong or should have been held accountable unless you, you know, could have benefited from voting against it. Uh, but again, I thought they did, did a great job. And now yeah. I guess, I pass the mic Go back to you, Kev? Well,
0: yeah, I guess to wrap things up. I um... guess to wrap, yeah, we're going to have
1: you wrap <laughs> things up. I'm going to also argue that you should get a raise for sitting in this uh, hot seat. I haven't done this <laughs> before and I was like, wow.
0: You honestly did a good job and like, I, I think after the podcast, you, you should take some- it.
3: Crazy! <laughs> I really the transition was so smooth from Kevin to Marcus. I really didn't even realize that Marcus was taking over. You are—you oh, did a great job. You did a oh, great thank job.
0: You. Carly, Valentine's Day is over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man!
0: All right, Marcus, thank you so much for breaking down uh, the impeachment trial. Uh, so we're all in agreement; it was unconstitutional. Trump's innocent. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Stacy. Uh, all jokes aside, we really got to give like these uh, delegates from territories like actual voting power in the House. It's kind of messed up that they don't.
2: Uh, the same so. reason why they started <laughs> a <laughs> revolution and rebellion and, and stuff was taxation re- without, without representation. representation. They got right. like four or five territories who only got re- who got representatives representatives in Congress with no power to vote. Yeah, you know, like the
0: funny thing is, it's like often a tangent. Like, we learn American history about the American Revolution, and we never said to ourselves, why didn't they take the peaceful route out? They had to go ahead and commit property damage by throwing the tea into the water and <laughs> stuff like that. We never sat back. It's like, why didn't they which just peacefully protest? Why, yeah. right. why are they, why are they, they destroying property? Right. Property? Which
3: I still, as an adult, have serious, like, conflict about because I just I never understood, like, the whole notion with the tea like I get it you were trying to send a message you were trying to put a point but look at where we are now versus how it all started and we're kind of I, I feel like we're kind of we have made no progress at all
0: well we moved off from tea to coffee so that was a big step as okay. a country so shout out to bring, us. Back, bring back tea, though I, I think we've regressed there oh yeah <laughs> I agree we have to bring back tea it's, I think it's a little bit healthier for you too
2: I drink tea every morning, just so y'all know.
0: Because like, you are Caribbean. we
2: got a herbal
3: guy amongst us.
1: Because you're so, Caribbean, I, that's why. I, I, I do the same I'm my Caribbean. I, I'm a
0: green tea all day. Like, for the green morning, I resort, oh,
2: yeah. green resort to my peppermint tea every morning. Like, I oh, had my God. It's like, oh. it's it'll it's probably like be a ritual. Like,
0: it'll probably be like 90 degrees out. You'll see Ryan drinking a hot
2: tea. Yes, sir. I drink my tea every <laughs> morning. It's like it's like something I do. Like I wake up in the morning, shower, you know, get ready for work. And then <laughs> I just... Tea. Just make a cup of tea. And I, while I'm working, I'm drinking my cup of tea. Ooh. That's
0: it. You, you fancy, man. You fancy. You have yeah. your biscuits next to
2: you? Huh?
0: You have your uh, tea and biscuits there? I
2: don't, I don't eat food in early in the morning. I don't. My uh, first meal is around 1030. I can't eat that early. I got yeah. you, man. I got you. All
0: right. So before we go <laughs> over time, I do want to give another special shout out to uh, to Marcus there. Thanks for uh, hosting. Um, sure thing. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening to our podcast, especially to the Yang gang. Thank you guys again. You guys are fabulous. Good sense of humor. I didn't see the cat. So I want to issue an apology to Andrew Yang.
3: No. Let's, okay. da, let's no. I'm not there wasn't no. i not We're not apologizing. No I mean, I'm going to apologize
1: because I'm, I'm, I'm not apologizing
3: because my thing is first of all.
0: Oh, I I didn't double, see down. The cat. double down oh, I, I didn't it.
3: see the cat so <laughs> no, I'm not gonna all. accept that there was a cat because I didn't see it two the facts that remains that was a nice ass mini mart and it wasn't like and then I was looking at it wasn't it like they said it was a Yemen bodega What the? what is that like that's not Bro. what we're talking about we're no. not talking about that we're talking about <laughs> a old ass shit is like not even like I don't even think the like it's not regulated like it just looks dingy but the shit hits like the shit that comes from this bodega hits that's a bodega like I don't don't dress it up and make it nice for me don't give me good lighting, fresh fruit that's not a bodega so maybe we're talking about two different bodegas and that's fine but I'm not apologizing because I said what I said I said what I said where was the cat
0: I, Show me the they, cat. Maybe they I said there was a cat there. You seen a
3: cat? Seen the I didn't, cat? See, the cat. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. see the cat. I didn't see
0: the cat. I didn't see the cat. But right. I don't want Yang Gang. is like a very powerful, like, well, you know, let me social tell you. Thing, like, so. okay,
3: yeah, I
0: understand. <laughs> so I'm not trying. I'm not trying to start beef with Yang Gang. Nah. That's kinda, <laughs> no, <laughs> That's, that's kind of no, scary. No that. smoke.
3: We don't want no smoke.
0: <laughs> and apparently, Andrew Yang's like leading in the polls there in New York. I didn't I'm know that either. I'm for
1: him. I'm happy you for him. It's mad early. It's mad early. Yeah, so he's done a good job raising money too. So I think he's uh, his one of his campaign staffers is tweeting about uh, me, how much money. Let me raise, just so. say that
3: I don't think there's anything wrong with calling people out for what appears to be pandering. That's fair, that's valid. Like, that's, that's even though fair. Kamala's even though Kamala's the vice president, I had serious issues with her getting on you know interviews talking about how you know, you know, whatever about her college days. And all this stuff, how she was like down, smoking weed, listening to Tupac, which is cool.
0: Because she's Jamaican. She That's said That's herself. Fine. So
3: then just say that, say that. But I think people be calling out, people will be mad at you for calling out what appears to be pandering. Because they think, like, oh, you don't like the person. I never said I didn't like Andrew Yang. All I'm saying is that wasn't a bodega. So I don't know how you got a <laughs> I don't know how you got that wasn't a bodega to I don't like Yang or I'm bashing Yang. I'm just calling out what I see. I can like somebody, but hold them accountable. I didn't like the shit that Hillary Clinton did with the hot sauce. That's pandering. Like, I, I voted like for that. her, but, but what, that was what
1: pandering. Do with, what did she do with hot sauce? Yeah, she was, like, it. talking
3: about how she, like, keeps hot sauce in her purse or something. Oh. Like, that was, like, after Beyonce had dropped her album or whatever. And that was, like, a big thing. She's like, yeah, well, like, I keep hot sauce in my purse. Or, yeah. Like,
0: and, and for me, she went to, like, Pandering Central, which is, like, the yes, breakfast club. Yes, yes. So she went there and, like, pandered at the hot sauce, put out the purse. And I'm like, yes. oh, my God. So, All right. Just we're off, off on from, a tangent
1: from am Charlemagne, yeah
0: um so where was it rose all right so okay so if you guys like the podcast uh please like and subscribe to it uh, you can find us anywhere you can find our uh, podcast or you can watch us on youtube and please don't forget to check us out on twitter uh, which is at wyelobrish so thank you guys again and that's all i got for today and we're out <gasps>